I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. Hello and welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. I am your co-host Garrett Smith. You opened with co-host. Yep. I am your other co-host, uh, Dan Scully, and with us we have a special guest, your host for this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, hosting uh, only tonight, uh, my name is uh, Goose Robinson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know him. You love him. Goose Robinson. Now, I, w- I want to start with a caveat just by saying, uh, just because I said good evening and joining us tonight doesn't mean that you're restricted to listening to this only in the evening. I mean, this could be your breakfast routine, whatever. Yeah, we don't care. Do what you want. Yeah, watch the sunset with Goose, <laughs> the the Goose, the Goose Man. I'm starting to regret this decision. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, should be hosts again. It's it's my roommate, Pete Steele. Hey, <laughs> you know him, you love him, <laughs> Pete Steele. Yes. Uh, so today we are here to talk about, of course, another movie. Movie, as we always do, and I like to. Oh, movie. this is an mm. ultimate movie. Movie yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's good. On uh, on movie movie, we like to talk what we consider movie movies, uh, which are uh, films that take full advantage of the format of film. Uh, they tell stories in ways that can that only film allows you to tell them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week, oh yeah, it could not be more true for this movie. This is a movie that actually has already become a bit of a cult classic. Yes, um, it has a following. They did do a midnight show uh, around the corner. Did they? Yeah, um, probably like a year and a half ago. And this movie is what, like 2011? Uh, 2011? I think yeah, uh, yeah, about 2010, 2012, 2011, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's only a couple years old, and it's a first-time director, uh, first-time writer-director. I think he had written some other things before. He's mm-hmm. worked with Edgar Wright on uh, a couple of things. Uh, they, they actually wrote the Tintin script together. Oh, ah, yeah. sure. uh, his name is Joe Cornish, uh, uh, yes, who is yes, in yes. contention apparently for Star Trek Three mm-hmm. uh, as director, which is crazy because uh, this is still the only movie he's made. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the movie is Attack the Block. Attack Ooh. the Block. Yes. <laughs> and this is uh, this is uh, one of the reasons we have Pete on the show as our inaugural guest on yeah, movie yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hope to explore. <clears throat> sure, sure. I am I am the spokesman for blocks in yes. general. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm not uh, big on attacks uh, on them in general, so I'm here to kind of um, be the uh, the devil's advocate, if you will. Well, the um, uh, the guy, the Jesus's advocate, if sure, you will, sure. uh, about uh, about how uh, poor of an idea it is to attack a block. Yeah, it is a bad <laughs> idea. Well, I think the reason we have uh, we have Pete here is because this is a movie that Garrett and I have both seen countless times. Yes, yes. Mm. And Pete, you just saw this for the first sure, time. Sure, sure. I've right I've, now. I've watched you guys watching it countless times yeah. uh, <laughs> through plate glass, but uh, this is the first time I was in the room. Actually. You can get yeah. the sound and feel all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Can you, uh, as someone who's never seen it before, can you give give uh, give us your impression, how you felt about it? Sure, sure, sure. I, it's funny because I feel like this is a this is a movie that knows it's a movie. You know what I mean? When they uh-huh. were making it, they they uh, they were like, "Oh, uh, this is this is a movie uh, made by people who." Uh, who uh, I've seen other movies and basically wanted this to be like a basically a, a DVD that you can pick up in a movie store. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. very specifically. Like they weren't trying to uh, 
you know, create a world that can exist. It's not a Lord of the Rings that where uh, they want it to be like something that they can jump into at any time, mm-hmm. uh, and the world exists, and I'm just capturing it, you know, for an hour and a half, uh, you know, uh, uh, as and I'm framing it for you on this disc. Like you're welcome. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. like it's like oh yeah, no, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna run these cameras and get this get this action on film. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like and uh, and make this into a movie that someone can put into their their DVD player. Uh, overall, did you vague. like it? Did you enjoy the movie? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. It was Excellent. it's a terrific action movie, and I and I thought it was very well made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it really looks phenomenal. And it's super cheap too. They, yeah, this movie was not expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it didn't need to be. It was. It's definitely when you take your budget and put it towards, put it towards the atmosphere as opposed to towards huge celebrity faces yep. and wild special effects. Yep. You know that ends up feeling cheap, even though it's way more expensive. This movie is. It's dense. It has mm-hmm. a warmth to it, yeah. and yeah. it's it's very accessible despite the fact that it is pretty hard sci-fi at some yeah. points. You know, right, it's, it's, right, uh, right, right. Definitely yeah. accessible movie, and it's quite enjoyable and funny. It's yeah. also uh, populated with somewhat unlikable characters, mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, yeah, right. and the fact that it does feel so warm and overall like a coming-of-age story is uh, kind of impressive because there is sort of a darkness to it that those mm-hmm. types of movies don't often have. Because uh, right, right. it's it's very it's about the 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 <laughs> this is a stupid thing to say but the inner city struggle uh, is uh, it yes. is kind of what there, this movie is there about. Is, there's and like a, there's the like a strong stroke. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's funny you mention that because I I literally in the five the five minutes before we uh, sat down for this right now I I, I read somebody was uh, comparing it to Goonies actually. Uh-huh. Um, another coming of age bunch of kids. Uh, who are basically idiots, you know what I mean? And yeah. like uh, having to face something very serious, you know? Yeah. What I mean? And they do fit the tropes. There, there's the leader, you know, the, <laughs> right. the cool, quiet leader. Yeah. Right, right. There's right, right. Um, essentially the, the quote unquote fat kid. Um, <laughs> right. Although right, in this right. one, the fat kid came in the, because they, they switched the formula a little bit. It's not mm-hmm. just a group of kids, there are ancillary characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. the fat kid, I think, was represented by the club kid who keeps getting on the wrong elevator and, and all of that. <laughs> oh, right. That whole subplot's the fat kid. Mm-hmm. There's the nerd. Yeah. Right. There's the kid who was like kind of like the, 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 cool badass one mm-hmm. you know they all mm-hmm. fit into and there's a there's a member of that in in every uh you know in the goonies in the mm-hmm. monster squad right right monster you know, actually squad, in monster right, squad right. there's a kid that they literally call fat kid throughout the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> great movie superior to goonies in every way in <laughs> goonies is one of those movies that i tell you as an adult it do not, not go back up. and revisit it right. it's so much better in your memory yeah. right i couldn't believe how disappointed i was when i rewatched that yeah mm-hmm. yeah but it doesn't hold up. One of the things about Attack the Block that actually you had mentioned while we were watching it, yeah. and I think is worth bringing up, especially at the outset, yeah. is there are so many nods to Spielberg. Oh, yeah. And Spielberg, uh. back in the day, did children's movies that uh-huh. involved heavy sci-fi. Uh-huh. And this captures that in an aesthetic. And also, there was a lot of visual nods that, oh, that yes. you had pointed out that were mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of subtle lens flare in this. It's not like an J.J. Uh, Abrams mm. lens flare. It is more like an old Spielberg lens flare where there's just certain shots where he sits the camera and you just get a little bit of light reflecting in on the character's face. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of great... Um, uh, wide shots of just like the kids walking up a hill. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple really good. Uh, um, w- what do you call those? A double, I guess, with, with two characters, like a, a medium shot on two characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that feels very Spielberg. Actually, the wide shot. When you mentioned that before we leave from it, I think what's cool about the wide shot, and I think what ties into it with the kids, especially marching up a hill, is when you're a kid, the world is so much bigger because you're so much smaller in it. Yeah. So uh, I'll walk up a hill, you do view that with a sense of adventure. Yeah. Mm. And so as an adult, and I get more jaded, and my world gets smaller. Uh-huh. That sense of adventure leaves, and this movie 
definitely banks on you feeling that sense of yeah. adventure. Right. Without it, it would be trite. Absolutely. And so those shots are so key to getting that aesthetic without... <laughs> You know, without being oppressive, um, it is a movie, but it's not hammering over, over the head like we're referencing all these movies. You right, know, it's not like that. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they and uh, so w- f- with all the Spielberg references that are there, the other I was talking to Pete about this as the movie was going on. One of the things that I think is interesting is most of Spielberg's coming of age stories were about suburban kids dealing with divorce. That was really mm-hmm. the big right. problem they were dealing with. This takes the same idea that it's a coming-of-age story for, like, young teens, but sets it in the city. And so it makes the... It w- for one thing, it makes Spielberg movies look very, like, yeah. uh, almost, like, whiny. Right. Because uh, right. it's right. like, right. It, it, you know, they're dealing with divorce. These kids are pizza dealing with problems. basically... Yeah, pizza world problems. Exactly. <laughs> the uh, hashtag pizza world problems. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Philadelphia with an F. Uh, they, uh, the, the problems that these kids are facing is, like, this cycle of violence that they may sure. never get out of mm-hmm. right, 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 uh, right, right with no role models to give them any better example uh no moral compass to mm-hmm. to really be taught uh you know the uh, the code of the streets is oh, uh, what they live by mm-hmm. uh, well it takes place in the end which is an area of england that i'm assuming based on just this movie alone is kind of the hood yes kind of the ghetto. right right they're and trying to the paint it as a more impoverished is area. their yeah, yeah, segment yeah. of it it's their project right. yep. um, right. it's, it's the building that they live in the block and so the setting of the movie is essentially there, and I, we haven't even gone into what the plot is to the, oh, to I the know, listeners. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But uh, basically what happens is a bunch of aliens crash land specifically in the block mm-hmm. and start fucking shit up. And then it's up to our gang of buddies, mm-hmm. um, of thugs really, mm-hmm. to stop it. Yeah, yep. yeah. The the aliens they they crash. They try to uh, get rid of Oreos in general, and it's up to a group of kids <laughs> to make sure that uh, Oreos are not only available at every supermarket, mm-hmm. uh, but, but every bodega, but that uh, they are as tasty as can be. It's sponsored by Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> it's sponsored by Nabisco, the movie. Uh, but it's not it's not too heavy, is what I like about it. It's, the, the Oreo, it's a kind of a it's it has a light Oreo element. Exactly. It. It's it's certainly no Hydrox. <laughs> <laughs> We're not trying to trying to do that. But uh, one of the things that I think is interesting about setting this in... <laughs> Pete, you're too funny. Goodbye. That I think is interesting about setting it in the uh, in the ghetto area is y- you don't often... It, then I, I said this to Garrett downstairs. I hate being the white guy who references the wire yeah. as the thing that opened his head up about the hood life. Yeah. But it did. Because at <laughs> right. the very beginning of that series... Almost all of the the thug characters. I was like, "Fuck this piece of shit! Go get an education. Right. Go, get, you know, just fucking get a job. Do something." Right, right, well, right, right, I, right. I didn't have it as easy myself, and I felt like that. Mm-hmm, and by the mm-hmm. end, I realized there is a system to it. Mm-hmm. And when you get trapped in that system, you know, you could excel and and transcend that, but. Much in the same way that you fall into patterns, it's very easy to have generation after generation of people that don't have the strongest morals, but you have to get by. You got to put bread on the table, to quote Nick right. Frost in the right, movie. Right, 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 right. So Proverbially speaking. They do that over the course of five <laughs> seasons of a show, but I think in a much more distilled version, uh, in Attack the Block, they tell that whole story organically uh, and and effectively and they, mm-hmm. they, they. If if you haven't seen The Wire, you could potentially have the same experience that I had of having your mind opened, 
in a movie that's about aliens, you know, and it's yeah. mm-hmm. right, they right, really right. cover that well. It, what's right. interesting is the movie, I think, overall at the end of the day, is pretty light. It, it's pretty yeah, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, meant yeah. to be fun. It's <laughs> meant to be funny. Uh, but it it does not gloss over those important details about mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know thug culture uh, right. and and uh, um, you know living in a, in a ghetto like that. Right, right. Uh, it's not trying to hide it, but no. it's also not trying to like spotlight it either. No, not it's good. not. But it it's does just the setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, 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 right. It deals with it in in the sense that it doesn't deal with it by like trying to really get into like, well, what causes this? Mm-hmm. Is there a way out of this? It doesn't really deal with any of those kinds of ideas. But it does present them to you. It lets mm-hmm. you know that these are issues that legitimately exist in this culture. Right, right. Um, and it, and it does it does a good job of weaving them in. Like there's the one thing that comes to my mind from the movie uh, is there's a there's that time when one of the characters is trapped in a trash can, yes, trying yes. to avoid being detected and he's talking to someone on the phone and he says and he's and he's just telling them where he is so yeah. that's a very you know it fits right in the movie but the way he says it he says oh i'm i'm in the spot where i hid that one time uh when this when this like uh kid was after me you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah and it, and it just kind of clicks and it's like oh well you're at you, you were just after someone earlier in this movie yep. someone was after you x number of months ago you know what yep. i mean it just it just the, the setting of, yeah. of like uh yeah you you go after someone because mm-hmm. and that just always happened. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love like too. He says into his phone, "I gotta go. I'm almost out of credits." Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and right. That's great because it you know I don't have a burner. I can yeah, afford a right. monthly bill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these kids, they have a cell phone. They want the cell phone. They mm-hmm. want the culture of the cell phone. But mm-hmm. because they're poorer and they're in like a lesser area. Yeah, you got to pick up your track phone at Seven Eleven. Yeah. Right, right, and right. So that's just a, but yeah. it's not. It is played for humor. Yes, but it's also played for realism. That it's like, oh, that's a valid concern for this kid. Is he's going to run Absolutely. out of minutes and he's right, trapped in a trash right, right. can while yeah. an alien's yeah. going to eat him? Yep. Not only does he want his cell phone, he also wants the young lady's cell phone, who that's becomes right. uh, one of the main characters of the movie as well. Yeah. Well, and that, uh, that's one of the things I want to talk about. I think one of the things that's really interesting about this movie is it opens with who the characters that do become our heroes ostensibly mm-hmm. as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you would not know that from the opening five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. It opens on a young woman that gets mugged by five thugs. Mm-hmm. Right. Those five thugs become the main characters and essentially heroes of the movie. So mm-hmm. the movie sets itself up with. Very irredeemable well, characters. Three yeah. of the thugs become heroes of the movie. <laughs> right, but, uh, right. A couple right. of them don't don't last. As yeah, long. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> right, uh, right. Not everyone makes it to the end. Uh, <laughs> they, but they, uh, it, it's interesting. That the movie sets itself up with actually a pretty big hurdle, which is it gives us who appear to be very irredeemable, unlikable characters. Right. And it, the movie basically forces you to get on board with them mm-hmm. and treat them with some sort of sympathy, like they are the heroes of this movie. Right, right. Right, right, right. Um, which is why I think it's great that it doesn't gloss over any of sort of the issues of ghetto culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, it really presents them to you because you you know they they force you to to get involved in that cu- culture by making right. these characters the heroes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. If you if you didn't live the life of these kids, you you wouldn't know. Like Dan was saying, I mean, for the longest time, if you just don't think about the flip side of it, if you don't think about what they what their day-to-day life is, it's really easy to just say, you know, fucking get with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm. But when the movie forces you into their life because they are the main characters, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That that should come up um, yeah. naturally, organically. Yeah. You start to understand. And, and one of the things that I, that I liked about it, too, is that these kids seemed real to me. Like, they seemed yes. as if they found a real group of friends. Because mm-hmm. they did have a legit friendship. Now, that's strong, strong 
scripting, strong casting. Right. But at the same time, like I remember my my bros, and where mm-hmm. I wasn't in a gang so much, it is a gang culture in that I would hang out with my friends, and we were all trying to impress each other right. and improve the social status of our group as a group. Yeah. And that, at the end of the day, via different methodology, is the goal of any gang, really. Yeah. Right. And these kids do play that because they they want to be the toughest gang in the block because that's the top of that's that's the highest point they feel they can reach. Mm-hmm. You know. But at the same time, they're a bunch of legit, legitimately children. They're kids yeah. that are just trying to impress each other, and the only thing that impresses them is being tough. So right. They got to act hard. It's a lot right. of posturing, yeah, exactly, because uh, yeah. that's what they see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you pointed out very mm-hmm. rightly, I think, in the movie, Dan, that we bit Moses, who is our our main character essentially, uh, and he is sort of the the quiet, cool mm-hmm. uh, leader of the group. Uh, right. Who uh, Pete, you pointed out that as the movie goes on, we watch all the other characters. As soon as there's a problem, they're immediately presenting solutions, yeah. and none of them are good solutions. They're, right, they're right. all very <clears throat> quick, reactive, well, and yeah, they're yeah, fitting yeah. in with each of the characters' tropes. And, yes, the excessively violent one always wants to go fight yep, yep. Um, what's his name the uh, the egghead is as you so <laughs> yeah. justly um, his is always a manner of let's you know avoid it and escape yeah. Yeah. you know but Moses does think about it that's the thing point, Pete pointed out that uh, point pointed out that uh, mm-hmm. Moses uh, is the only one to actually take a moment to consider his options mm-hmm. uh, and, and th- not just his options but think about the way his choice is going to affect the other individuals that make up his group. My mm. man, my man. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Uh, Parting those seas. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and so Dan pointed out as the movie went on that uh, Moses, we're actually given sort of three different views of Moses. We have this young kid. There's these two younger characters. But, so like we, our probs main and mayhem. Probs and mayhem. Uh, our, our main characters are probably 15, 16. It's like yeah. a group of five boys right. are 15, 16. Then we have these two younger boys that I, I think they say they're like eight and nine. No, he's point. nine and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, probs and mayhem, as they want to be called, uh, are definitely sort of uh, the the kids that we're watching. It's their beginnings. It's, oh, yeah. And especially Moses, you see in mayhem. And you see it because probs and mayhem, they look up to, yes. you know, the same way that... They idolize these yeah, kids. Yeah, when I was right. like 15 or 16, there was like kids on the block that knew who I was. Yeah. And just because you're older, they automatically idolize you. Yep. And so we do see the birth of that cycle mm-hmm. where Moses is the leader of a gang that is starting to get into things like robbery. Yeah. Yep. With the best intentions, certainly. Yeah. I mean, in some way. <laughs> best intentions. I don't know about that. But, no, but I'm saying like they, they didn't... As good as the intentions could be, they don't want to stab her because they're violent. Right, right, right. You know, they, they even say like they, they did the knife point, yeah. just right. to just. Yeah. They were they just as scared as she was. They make the point exactly, yeah. but that's how you do it. You fake it till you make it. Yeah, and so we see mayhem, who just looks like Moses even, yeah, yeah. he just idolizes him. Yeah, and, and that one time he brings around a, a fake gun even. He's the one yes, that has the yes. fake handgun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's seen the boys use mm-hmm. use guns. Right. Uh, and then we have a, an older character in Hi Hats. Hi Hats. Uh, who's the, basically the local gangster. He's he uh, he's a rapper. He's the guy that deals all the drugs on the block. Uh, and he likes to think he's in control of the block. Now, that what's great about the movie is we never really get a sense of if he actually is or not. He yeah. does seem to be somewhat bummed Bumbling, mm-hmm. uh, but, but he does uh, seem to have cash and weapons, absolutely. And, and like a fat, uh, but fat, it is uh, it's 
uh, henchman. <laughs> yeah, henchman. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's, that's clutch. Fetch henchman. Fat, fetch. Fat henchman. You always need one of those. Right. Uh, and, and but it's again, it's a lot of posturing. I do right. like that the movie never really indicates whether he really is in control of this block or not. Right. Because it is about like the posturing that comes with this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, about how it's like you said, fake it till you make it. It's mm. you just you you make yourself into something. That's the only way to become something. There's no way to that's earn. There's no the way to earn something. You have mm-hmm. to just become that. You can't earn it. There's no earning anything. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like posturing that you are that thing and making people think that they have to respect you for it. That's right. really the only way. Short of like you know somehow being able to afford a good education, getting a job, and beating the system, mm-hmm. the only way out of the the hood system, as it were, at least the most glamorous and seemingly accessible way, is to yeah, I'm going to cut an album, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the biggest man on the block, oh, and then I'm going to grow from there. Uh, and so to have hi hats be that, but he's also he's a parody of that in a way oh, because absolutely. he is bumbling. Yeah, but at the same time, he's the guy that you can tell. Uh, Moses and his gang look up to Absolutely. and aspire to be. Yeah. And so, yeah, you do have these mm-hmm. three levels of the lead character of Moses. Yep. What he used to be, what he is, and what he could be if he doesn't change. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Actually, one of my favorite moments in the movie is early in the movie, they're, uh, they're in Hi-Hat's little like stronghold upstairs, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess is actually Ron's place, maybe, yeah, Ron's but he place. operates Hi-Hat's out of there. there. Yeah. I think <laughs> Ron's weed room, I yeah, believe. Yeah, Ron's weed room, room. <laughs> yeah. Which is, that is one of my favorite moments in the movie. They <laughs> uh, Someone references Ron's weed room, and the girl who's the main character, one of the main characters goes, What's Ron's weed room? And the one kid goes, it's a big room full of weed, and it's Ron's. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I used to hate that when I worked at a restaurant, and people would be like, what's on the bacon cheeseburger? It's like, well, I'm going to start with the first three main ingredients. (laughs) Bacon, cheese, and of course, burger. (laughs) And you would get that all the time, and that's the... You know, that's the answer I'd want to give and couldn't. So it's so satisfying to have someone be like, it's a weed room that belongs to Ron. <laughs> what other information could you possibly need? Uh, but one of, the, one of the great moments, I think, in the movie is uh, early in the movie, they're up in, in Ron's place. They go into the weed room, and Hyatt's is hanging out there with his fat henchman. Uh, and he gives uh, Moses uh, some weed uh, to deal. He gives him a cigarette pack full of weed. He says, bring me back 300 you're my boy now. Mm. And then when mm. Moses exits, and the whole time Moses has a look on his face like, uh, he's pretty blank-faced actually. Right, he doesn't right, really right, react right, to right, this. Right, he, do- right. he doesn't react as if he's grateful. See, he I get the react- sense that he's he's toying with the, oh, this is kind of what I always wanted, but also, now that this is happening, it doesn't mm. seem as desirable. Well, I think I think he's also trying to do the uh, act like he'd been there before. Yes, um, that's what element it is. To it it's more to, posturing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because... Well, what happens he, when he leaves the room? That's right? the thing. Mm-hmm. He has this blank look on his face in the room. As soon as he walks out, he gets this little grin mm-hmm. that grows into a big smile. Yeah. And all his friends are like, what's going on? Why are you smiling? And they figure it out. They're like, oh, he just gave you drugs to sell. Mm-hmm. And you realize that the smile on Moses' face is not because he's happy to be dealing drugs. Mm. I don't think Moses has a desire oh, necessarily to deal drugs. Right. Yeah. It's respect. Right, Moses right, right. just earned the only respect that right. can be earned he, in the block. He leveled up, if yeah. you will. Yeah, 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 yeah. In my, uh, in my uh, drug uh, wire RPG. You've just unlocked you know. the quiet yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've unlocked cigarette, a box full of weed. <laughs> New task updated. Uh, exchange for three hundred dollars. Uh, puts a little pin on the map where. Yeah. Uh oh! Aliens have attacked your blood. <laughs> 
but I do think that's like a really interesting moment because it, it again it gives you this idea of where yeah. Moses is, where he could go, yeah. uh, and it, it gives you a little perspective on why these kids are doing what they're doing. Very true, why they yeah. are actually not innocent. But uh, um, uh, sympathetic. They're, they're products yeah. of their environment. Yeah, and they and they get some of the they get some of the same satisfaction that we get from some of the same emotions that we get too. It's just that it's a different source, and it's really a fucked up source. Yes. Ultimately, mm, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. our, uh, I guess, audience surrogate, unless you're unless you are from the end, <laughs> is the lead character, the nurse, and uh, I cannot place oh, her what name. What the fuck is her name? Um, they just call her the nurse. They call her the lady the yeah, whole time. The lady. Yeah, they, there's not a lot of yeah. There's yeah. You know, there's not a lot of names used in general. No, I know, and actually, except th- for Props and Mayhem, actually, they're probably the yeah, most well, named. <laughs> if you listen throughout the movie, they Samantha, d- Samantha, uh, yes, okay. they yeah. do reference the other characters' names, but mm-hmm. they all have nicknames. And hats, so yeah. they blow, they blow by you for the most part. Right, like the little right. white kid's name is Pest. Oh yeah, uh, right, right. That's true. Right, there's right, Pest, point. Biggs, Biggs is the uh, um, kid with the fro and the right. uh, most useless, if you will. Yeah, yeah. What's Egghead's name? Is it Egghead? He's just Dennis. Oh no, sorry. Dennis is the uh, is the hot headed one. Oh, Jerome. Jer- oh, yeah, oh yeah, Jerome. Jerome. That's right. Yep. Yeah. No, but uh, so we we meet Samantha, and she is first mugged by these kids, mm-hmm. and so she's terrified. Goes back home, and so she hops along with the paddy wagon or whatever they called the uh, the car in, in <laughs> yeah. England terms, which I love because when the when the cops are reading Moses his rights, mm-hmm. it, the rights are different. Like it's oh, the oh, same okay. the same yes. rights where they're like anything you say may be brought up in evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. oh that's that's the th- the thing we say just in right. it's Britishized. Right, right, <laughs> but uh, so. I, I didn't. I, I thought. I, did, I thought the uh, the references to fish and chips were just superfluous. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they should probably cut that. It's not my place to say. Just replace <laughs> it in your head yeah. with hot dog and fries. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, we meet. We meet uh, personally. We meet uh, this woman first because she's mugged by them. Yes. Interrupted by something exploding a car next to them, giving mm-hmm. her her chance to leave. Mm-hmm. And so we've met and her. And she's ghosting, man. She's ghosting. Believe. Allow it. <laughs> There's a lot of great slang in this movie as well. And that's when they first encounter one of these aliens. Yes. Uh, that is what has crashed into the car. And Moses goes in to check it out, is attacked by it. It runs off. And um, this is one of those shots that I love when they corner it into a small shack, Mm -hmm. blow it up with fireworks, Mm -hmm. and then they all rush in. And it's one of those wide adventure shots. Mm -hmm. But what's beautiful about it is it is illogically backlit. Yes. For some reason, there's a spotlight behind (laughs) it. It's a Spielberg. But it doesn't matter because it's there to illuminate the fog, give you the Mm -hmm. silhouettes, and make it feel like a fantasy. And yeah, you know what? It almost like it's almost sanctifies it. It almost makes it like um, this awe-inspiring moment you know what i mean it's yeah. almost it's almost like religious like they zoom out uh and there's a bunch of action happening within this small building um but like all framed all around it is just nature like a tranquil nature mm-hmm. basically uh and then yeah and then it's lit up from the back it, it just makes it seem like uh like a happening you know what i mean mm-hmm. like a real it, well, and that's a very Spielberg thing. That, oh, I mean, absolutely. I pointed that shot out not just because it's the kids coming up the hill. It's that backlight. Mm-hmm. If you think about Close Encounters of the Third Kind, when the kid, at the very beginning, when the little kid encounters the aliens, he like goes oh, yeah. up the little doggy It's all door. just fog and lights. There's a shot. Uh, again, it's a very wide shot of the house on the left 
one tree on the right and the kid in the middle of them with a light coming down. Yeah. But there's a huge spotlight behind the house. Uh, for no reason for at no all, reason. there's a huge spotlight behind yeah. the house with fog coming out of the house. <laughs> it's the same thing. They, it's very it's Spielberg. It, thing. It's totally false. It's completely yep. false, but yep. it brings but, such a realism yeah, to it. And it almost kind of evokes emotion. It's kind of like yeah. they're using a tool that's not real to evoke a real emotion, kind of, though. Mm-hmm. There's that, they, they do that again in uh, later in the movie with the whole scene in the hallway when the lights are coming on and off, basically. And um, uh, at some point, the lights, uh, they're like firing fireworks off down a, a, a hallway, basically. And at some point, the lights go off completely. And un- inexplicably, a, just a shaft of yellow light um, that wasn't there before just comes through a window that's, mm-hmm. that's sitting there. And but it, and, it, and you're like, you're like what is that? What's, what's, what's making that light? But at the same time, you're kind of like, it, it fits. Though. Like, yeah, it it yeah. actually makes sense. It's like making it into it a more dramatic. An yeah. mm-hmm. Well, and it's like you said earlier, this movie knows that it's a movie. Right. Uh, and so it allows itself to do those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Break a little bit of realism to give us a little more atmosphere to yep. actually uh, evoke a little more emotion yep. out of us. Yep. And I think that... Um, I'm going to try and segue this because I think it's in that same spirit as to why we always praise practical effects yeah. over CGI. Is whereas to not have those weird beams of light or spotlights mm-hmm. would definitely be more factually real. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't work. Yeah. It takes yeah. you out. I mean, yeah. it is important to remember that it's a movie, but while you're watching it, you don't even want to think about that. You yeah. just want to get drawn in, and these tools do that. Yeah. And so another way that they do that is the creatures themselves in mm-hmm. this movie are completely practically designed. Entirely. And whereas I kept saying they are so on the cusp of looking like just a Muppet, yeah. Yeah. they yes. never do, and they're legitimately scary. Yep. And it's simply because of that. It's yeah. because mm-hmm. they commit to it and they use these effects. Yep. And, you know, if if those kids were walking up to the hill and one of them was kind of blinded by the spotlight and reacted to it, that's the lack of commitment and suddenly you're out of it. Yeah. Mm. But they commit to that. They commit to this world and so we are invited into it and it's it's easy to fall into it. Yeah. And that's movie yep. magic. That's yep. movie movie right, uh, right. To, to a T. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to, you know, to segue it into the creatures, that really does... Uh, help and the creatures are awesome they're this really simple design that's Mm -hmm. extremely effective the idea is they're they're fur they're like a furry ape-like creature Mm -hmm. right their fur is so black they're almost impossible to see in the dark Mm -hmm. but their teeth glow bright blue right uh so they so instead of having like uh, you know the classic thing is the eyes of the creature that you see in the dark Mm -hmm. we get the teeth of the creature that you see in the dark and when it's closed it kind of looks like eyes because they play that prank at the beginning and that's it that's the only thing that's different in a sea of black yep on these creatures, that's just the blue. Yeah, eyes. You never see their they, eyes. They don't. Actually. They don't. I don't think they have eyes. Actually. Right. I think what they by the end they they're trying to show you because when when um yeah when the they're, they're when somebody walks through yeah when somebody walks through a room they don't notice them they're yeah. just smelling I think they only have you know their olfactory and yeah. their and their uh, yeah I don't think they have eyes at all yeah uh, I think one of the things that's super cool about since they do use CGI to paint them darker. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they're they're being gregarious and spreading their body open, you actually can't tell where their limbs mm, are right, until right. they spread out. It is just a, an amorphous yep. black blob with teeth. Yeah. But that's what makes it scary because you can't really you can't trust your senses in yes. looking at it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could be up close and since you don't see the outline of the arm, boom, he swipes your head off, which right. they can do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. it's uh it's effective like that. Yeah. Mm. 
Uh, well, and it's interesting too because we we're in this world now where they're as far as creature effects go, they're mostly digital at this point, and it's become this Black. game of like how do you what how do you make it bigger and crazier and weirder? Sure. How, how can we how can we make Yoda uh, fly through the right, air? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that well, no, I was mean, the think worst. about a movie. Yeah. Here's a movie that's actually similar to this, and that it came out recently and is a big send up to Spielberg, mm-hmm. Super Eight, uh, uh, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it and it's it's more like Spielberg in that it is a suburban setting and it's all white kids. Um, but uh, they, when you get to the creature at the end, it is this big CGI mess. That's of a actually creature. the moment where the movie lost me. Yeah, uh, and even though I was on board and I still liked yep, it, and I too. liked what the ending yep, was. Me too. The reveal on the creature was definitely Terrible. just a. It's so disappointing. Uh, it's weird. It's just yeah. they they tried to go so big and crazy to try and be so unique and different that it really does not work. Here mm. we watch somebody today making a movie go exactly the opposite direction and get as basic as possible, mm-hmm. and it allows them to create an extremely effective scary creature for a movie yeah, like this. Yeah. And yeah, it they're, is they're a creature freaky. that's informed by pre-existing creatures. Yeah. I mean, yeah. historically, ever since Alien, every alien looks a little bit like the aliens mm-hmm. in Alien. Right. But right, then right, also right. there there was a uh, you know they went ape like with it, mm-hmm. and when you watch like the special features, they kind of use the same methods that the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes used, where it was acrobats with arm extenders, uh-huh. and yeah. so there is a design based on fake apes. Yeah, you know, yeah. and there's mm-hmm. you know it's it's there it. For a movie to borrow from so many sources, but then come out being an entirely unique thing on Absolutely, all levels yeah. is is impossible to me. And they yeah. did it effortlessly. It yeah. Seems. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we really we 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 should we would be remiss if we didn't talk about just the comedy of this movie, which does sure. I think work so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it comes from the dialect that the kids uh, use. Mm-hmm. They they Believe. use a lot of mm-hmm. uh, slang that is. Very funny to the ears when you uh, when you start putting it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually it's so thick. The accents are so thick, and the slang is so thick. For like the first ten minutes of the movie, you, it's almost like a dictionary. You're just sort of like trying to keep up and follow along. But right. they they do it enough that you do sort of start to understand their speech patterns. Uh, mm. and, right, and you by the end of the movie, you you sort of pick up exactly what they're they're saying. As it's they're saying weird it. to learn hood slang as well as European slang. Yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always it's laugh. The new, uh, it's the new muzzy disc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, muzzy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, trust, trust. <laughs> Repeat after me. <laughs> we we actually had to watch Muzzy in in high school Spanish once. It was, was kind of cool. But I, uh, I I compare it to I remember in Snatch. That's a movie that has mm-hmm. a, a hard learning curve. For the first half hour, you're listening to Cockneys and and uh, you know English folk and Welsh folk, and you have mm-hmm. to pick up on all of those accents at once. Then midway through the movie, uh, Ewan Bremner shows up in one scene, and he's got a thick Scottish accent you've ever heard, and it's like super <laughs> like mush mouth Scottish. <laughs> but because I'm now trained to be listening to Vinnie Jones, this scene I have to rewind a couple times just ah. because I got to relearn the Scottish yeah, yeah. accent. <laughs> and so this this has that same learning curve but luckily they don't hit you with a curveball like you and Bremner right yeah, right so. right they uh go ahead and I was gonna say most of it's kind of t- <laughs> luckily and luckily for us most of it's kind of a toss away for the most part um you do, it's not like you're gonna miss much if you don't get everything sure. they say yeah, yeah. there's a lot of it's just stuff about it. your mother and uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know stuff about uh somebody how somebody's ugly or whatever uh, uh, I'll tell you what though that's one of the things that I really 
like about the dialogue in this mm-hmm. movie uh, is it's not excessively expository. Right, uh, the, right. Most of the story is told through action, uh, true. which is what you should be doing with a movie. It's show, don't tell, mm-hmm. uh, which we talk about a lot on this show. And they, they do that very effectively throughout this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so because of that, it allows the dialogue itself to feel very naturalistic to these kids. Yeah. You're right. You could lose half of it. You, mm-hmm. could, you could just not pay just attention Just like you to could in real world. If, these, if you walked by these kids exactly. and they were saying most of the shit, you'd be like, well, I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You right. could lose half of it and you'll still know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you get a but sense that of who they are exactly. by how they interact with one another. Exactly. Less yeah. what they say, but just how they get reactions out of their friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, um, in terms of being expository, they do a really sneaky sleight of hand. Yes. When they go back to the block and each character has to go get their weapons at their house. I just, was just going to bring this up. Explain to whoever they cohabitate with why they're leaving yep. and that they'll be back. Mm-hmm. And they do it real quick and it plays as a montage. Yep. It plays as somewhat humorous. And it's a gearing up scene. It's an it's action a gearing movie up gearing up scene. Up scene. Uh, yes. And it's so, you know, we talk about script economy. It is yeah. so economical. It takes, you know, 45 seconds yep. to give us more than we need on each character and, yep. and greatly so. It, up until that point, we only know them as a unit. Uh, and then at that moment for the gearing up scene, we get just 10 seconds of each of them in their own individual mm-hmm. environment. We see who they live with, which in a ghetto culture actually tells you a whole lot about yeah. them and their background. Mm-hmm. Do they live with just their mother, just their father, mm-hmm. their grandmother, an uncle? Like mm-hmm. Any of that gives you a lot of yeah. information. And then the excuses they make to get right. out of their house. Right. You know, uh, one of them, it's just his grandmother. So all he has to do is say, hey, don't worry, Graham. I'll be safe and I'll be yeah. home. Love you, Nana. I'll, I'll be home. Right, home. right, right. One right. of them has to be like, I'll be back in 10 minutes. He knows he's not going to be back in 10 minutes. Right, right, right. But he has right. to just. I promise, I promise. He keeps yep. promising. I promise. Yep. Yeah, one yeah. of them goes to leave the house and it sounds like his father is like, feed the dog. And he's like, no, I got to go. And he's like, oh, he's like, take the dog. Take the dog. That's why he's like, take the dog for a walk. He's like, no, I got to go. He's like, take the dog for a walk. And in order to get out of his house, uh-huh. it sounds like he actually has somewhat decent right, parents. Right, right, right. He has to fulfill their needs. He has to be the, like, okay, you're right. I'll take the dog. I'm going. The, he goes uh, to take the dog for the walk. The egghead. Uh, his, we actually see his. <laughs> we actually see his uh, his <laughs> his sister. And uh, and her friend, right. and actually that I thought actually it showed you a lot too, because his sister and the friend both look like they probably they just had this this air about them of like um, normal girls that would probably you would just uh, would you would see in high school going to class and doing well, you know what I mean, yeah. as opposed to you know what I mean, like uh, and it's and oh, they and even you can say some of it. us have class in the morning. There you yeah, go, yeah, exactly. Right. And juxtapose it to like uh, what like twenty minutes earlier, these guys had bandanas on their faces yes. and hoods up, and they were and they had knife a knife at a woman, you yeah, know what I mean, exactly. a- and their sister their sister you'd never find in that setting, you know. What it's, I mean, yeah, well, it really humanizes has to them. bargain with his mom. Like you mm-hmm. do get the feel. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm being presumptuous that she is a single mother. Yeah, she yeah. is. Okay. You know, living in a projects essentially, uh-huh. but she's cooking dinner for him. She obviously yeah. cares about him. Yeah, and, yeah, So yeah, it's yeah. not all bad for him. Maybe yeah, there's yeah. no pops in the picture, but yeah, it does say something about him. But what I think is very interesting about this scene is the only character who yeah, doesn't. Yeah, go I was going to say this. Jerome, Mo- uh, uh, Moses, Moses, yeah. yes, Moses. We don't know anything about him because it's not till the end that we hear yes. more about his situation, yes. which I think we should hold off on yeah, yeah, for yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't get anything about him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's part of that mystery that allows us to have that respect that his friends have for mm-hmm, him just mm-hmm. because he's the quiet, cool yep. one mm-hmm. and he has that air of mystery bet you what, we're drawn into. Here's why we don't know anything about that. But his friends don't know anything about that. Yeah. I think that that was very intentional. I bet point. part of the reason he's the leader mm-hmm. is he has that cool cool, cool uh, uh, demeanor? Uh, demeanor about mm-hmm. him, right? Right. Uh, but 
Also, I bet they don't know a lot. He's more of a mystery to them. He probably knows yeah. all those things and about them that we just saw. Right. They probably don't know any of the things that we also as an audience don't know about him. Yeah, uh, right. It gives him an air of mystery that allows mm-hmm. him to be a leader to some mm-hmm. extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and, and he's like then somewhat unrelatable to them. They don't know that he's actually Ooh, yeah. got this sort of a similar situation to them maybe at home mm-hmm. or even a worse situation mm-hmm. that they might understand a little more, maybe not. Uh, but so they don't have, there's nothing there for them to relate or unrelate to. Uh, uh, that yeah. it avoids that whole um, aspect of his life that they might have right. to deal with. Right, puts him on another level because, like, he's not somebody who they would say, like, uh, like, oh, my mom was nagging me. You know how that is. They don't even know that, right. so they probably they're just like, oh, she's coming. You know, he's yeah, coming. Yeah, oh, Mo- yeah. that's Moses. Everybody, quiet down. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's true how how they react to him because we we mentioned before how everybody has a different idea how to react to a situation and he doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Right, their reactions are still metered in a way that they're not going. We got to go do this now. Mm-hmm. It's we got to go do this now, right, Moses? Yeah, what do you all, think? Right, right. They're, they're, they're all, all trying to get his approval. Him. Right, yeah, that's yep. very true. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so as far as like show don't tell one of the things I wanted to talk about is this movie also employs like a classic Hitchcock thing that I love which is setting the groundwork for the setting itself mm-hmm. uh, yeah. one of the opening shots of the movie is a map of the, the block the building that the, mo- the movie is going to take place in mm. and then we have the kids like coming home from being out and committing this crime, they... Uh, oh, yeah, and that the, montage of them checking in yeah. also, I mean, gives you the geography another of the function of what it does. Yeah. It builds that geography. Well, and they're because they're literally running down the staircase, yep. and at, when they get to someone's floor, they go, they get off the staircase, and they go to their mm-hmm. house, or, yep. you know, they go to their apartment, and so, Even yeah. before that, we get the lay of the outside of the block, which becomes a pretty significant player in the action later in the movie. Mm-hmm. We've got these staircases that sort of go up and down around each other right. at different angles, right. all these thin little walkways that eventually they'll be using motorcycles on mm-hmm. and one of them will be parkouring around. They right. do a little foreshadowing of that, which is some great show don't tell where the one kid's like, I bet I could jump from this staircase to the other one and they're like, pussy, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And he steps down and then later is forced in order to save his own life to and do actually, that, that jump. that seems interesting too because he doesn't step down. <laughs> he's pulled down. Pulled down. Yeah. And it's a moment of like... Listen, we all get why you want to do this, yeah. but we don't want to see you hurt. Right, right, and there right. is a little he, bit of brotherhood, but they yeah. don't do it in a mocking way. Like, you can't do it. It's just like, nah, not now. Not now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think he's kind of relieved he got pulled down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah. It's all posturing. Because he, he is a pussy. <laughs> it, it, no, they are. It's all yeah. posturing. I guarantee yeah. these kids have never murked anyone before, right, but that's right, all right. they talk about. Right. Well, that's what makes the, that's what adds to the adventure sense of this, too, is these kids, they want to live the thug life. They want to be like hi-hats, murking people, doing mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But they don't really have an excuse to do it because right. you know, they they want to mug some people. Yeah, they want the money, but mm-hmm. it's clear that they're trying to earn really, respect by doing. They're those trying things. to earn respect that's a, that's and, what it and is. get like a culture around yeah. them. And so suddenly, with this alien situation, they are put in a situation where it's not just justified murder; it's required murder. Mm-hmm. And they all want to be capable of it, but mm-hmm. there is a hesitance, but also an excitement of. This is it. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite part in, in every horror movie, heck, my favorite aspect of Kill Bill mm-hmm. is that there's a point where you can go, sweet, now the good guy gets to be the worst, most murderous person, <laughs> and they're right about it for <laughs> the sake of my entertainment. <laughs> yeah. And so these kids right, have that right. kind of thing that's like, we get to do this. Mm-hmm. But because of their love for the block and for each other, it's... We have to do this. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So it's weird that that this gang mentality that we don't want to get them into is also there. There is a silver lining of of brotherhood and and uh, 
locally civic pride amongst yeah that's that's a, that's in, a good way know, of representing it. It's it, very, it that is funny it yeah, explores yeah. both sides of that that yeah. they're two uh, it's the same thing that the wire does which is to be like no if you take a good look at this culture there's certainly a lot of negative things about it but mm-hmm. there's a very positive side to a lot of it too there are these strong bonds of family and uh respect and uh the, the protection yeah uh, things that uh, honestly don't exist in some other communities that yeah, actually oh, have yeah, yeah. better circumstances all around right mm-hmm. right Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that that's what's so great. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about this movie. Oh, to, to go back to what I was saying, so you get the geography of, like, the block. Uh, mm-hmm. You get the geography of the whole building during the suit-up sequence, you know, the, the whole, like, get, get your gear together sequence, the gear up. Uh, and throughout the movie, they go up and down these elevators that become a big yeah. part of it. Uh, you get to Ron's weed room, like, once early on in the movie, again in the middle of the movie, mm-hmm. and then it becomes sort of a big player at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually we get to Moses' apartment at the mm-hmm. end of the movie, which is sort of the big uh, finale location. It's the one hidden location, the one thing that we've not been able to see throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And it actually makes it kind of powerful that the movie has otherwise given us all of these different locations that we mm-hmm. get to revisit. Uh, you know, Moses' apartment becomes sort of this, like, holy grail at the end of the movie that was a, a mystery all along, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess it, it kind of it makes me think of, hearing you talk about it, it makes me think of it's almost like a, it's almost like a state stage um, uh, technique which would be where you know if you're if you're writing for the stage you're going to end up saying um, like setting is mm-hmm. you know playground under steps or whatever yeah. and yet you just use that again and again for the scenes that take place in that scene yeah. and you build a set for that particular location and you yes. wheel it out when yes. it's time when you're in a scene that's in there and you wheel it off and so uh, I guess uh, that's that's one way of uh, of, uh, of of uh, describing that basically is that they they present all these different sets basically mm-hmm. that they revisit over and over again. Yeah. Um, and so that you get familiar with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's important to have. I I remember uh, back in the day when I was in high school, one of my teachers, like some kids that graduated from under him years and years before, made an independent movie, and so and he got to be in it. So mm-hmm. you know he was offering tickets so we went it was it was like the worst movie i've ever seen but one of the things that bugged me so much about it was that they never established scene geography mm-hmm. but even in just a single room setting the camera came from so many angles and the people shuffled around with like funky editing that you would get lost and uh, yeah. it effectively separated you from the movie mm-hmm. and uh with attack the block you get the sense, like, now I don't know if they shot this in an actual building or if these are set pieces or right. like multitude of different places. You get a very real sense that it does exist. And so by the time at the end when they're running through it raid style, yeah, yeah. it's uh you you know what turns they gotta take mm-hmm. and do all that. Right. And whereas to borrow your term, whereas a lot of movies will be overly expository. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they will wind you through that and rehearse it over and over, they kind of sneak it in under some fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so by the end you're just along and it's it's real. It feels mm-hmm. real and it's uh that's such a difficult thing to do, you know. The reason I brought up that shitty movie my teacher was in was because they fucked that up yeah. in the terms of a one-room conversation. Yeah, yeah. This is a huge, <laughs> multi-level, block-style, fast-paced action adventure, and you, they did it effortlessly without... You know, without really doing it, without battering you over the head yeah. with it. Is yeah, really yeah, yeah. What it is. It's interesting to think about the fact that it is it is a full adventure. It takes place in one night, and it takes place on a, a, a city block, I guess. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, basically. So on like, Guy Fawkes Day. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's why the what fireworks were there. Yeah, it's uh, Guy Fawkes Day. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. That is interesting. Uh and that's actually, if you think about that, that is a, also just another classic storytelling trope. Mm-hmm. The, the, that, that one night. 
you know, mm-hmm. right, uh, right, is right. something they do often with with teenage comedies. And is, Guy Fawkes Day is is a day where they celebrate. Um, basically uprising against the system. Right, yeah. And uh, so yeah. it does fit into the whole plot here where, you know, by the end of this movie, our heroes that started out as pieces of shit mm-hmm. are suddenly sympathetic people and there's now a shining beacon of hope in Moses yeah. that perhaps the tide will turn just a little bit for everyone under him. Mm-hmm. You know, he owns this block now mm-hmm. in some way. <laughs> he yeah. owns the hearts of the block and, yeah. and if if he's not destroyed by jail, you know, he can <laughs> yeah. come back and affect some actual change based on his image. Right. We hope. You know? Wait, but yeah, at yeah. the same time, you know, the movie's the, ambitious to posit that, yeah. but for the movie, it doesn't require that. There's we also the implication ending, you know? that the girl is going to testify in their favor. Absolutely. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Which could have a better outcome for them as well. And that shows, a, I think that shows a, a decent arc on her character too. Absolutely. Because they do have to win over her respect. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also at the end too, she almost has a change of how she feels about where she lives. Yeah, because you see it early on. She's kind of ashamed. She's clutching her keys, mm-hmm. knowing yeah, that it's right. difficult for her when she's going back home, and then right. she gets mugged. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You right. do see some love when her one neighbor walks her home, the older yeah. lady. Yeah, yep. yeah. So yeah. you see another element of maybe that woman's lived lived there for a long time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then midway through the movie, someone makes reference to you know what are you doing here, and she says I live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But almost gets it. But by the end. When she says, "These boys are my neighbors. neighbors. Yeah, this is my home. Yeah, and it's and mm-hmm. she does have kind of a knee jerk pride where she says, "I'm not going to let a bunch of teenagers scare me out of my home." Yeah, mm-hmm. but by the end, you you feel she gets a sense of not only is this my home because I make it, but now I feel at home here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I am a member of this machine. Mm-hmm. We should have pride. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 kind of yeah. neat. It's well, I think beautiful. one of the interesting things is like Pete is definitely somebody that, uh, and I, I realized I, I said this to you at one point mm. when we paused it early on. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I totally forgot as I invited you to watch this movie yeah. that these kids are definitely characters that you are not gonna like. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, you're not Very gonna true. be on board with like the way they act and, and behave. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is so you are the perfect audience member for this because I ah, I yeah. think that by the end the movie does legitimately earn both uh, Moses's redemption mm. and and the girl actually learning to respect them a little bit uh, and, and forgive them a little bit. Yeah. I think that it earns yeah. both of those things pretty legitimately, but you're the perfect barometer for that. Right. Because if, right. Anyone is not gonna, <laughs> if anyone is going to question whether this movie was able to earn that little bit of redemption at the right. end, it would be you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I tend to be a... F- Fairly cynical yeah. for the most part, and definitely, and more more than my fair share of judgmental, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're even judging yourself. <laughs> oh, trust, on me. It. <laughs> trust me, I'm public enemy number one. Uh, <laughs> no, um, so you so you were 100 percent correct. I those kids were pure shit in the beginning. <laughs> I would have flushed them down that. Door. There was a couple times um, too, even when it started, yeah. where where. She would underreact, and you had like an "ugh" moment. <laughs> <laughs> <These> fucking dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I don't. You know, I'm, a, I'm the kind of person who. Uh uh, I just don't want to stand for a lot of that fucking bullshit. For yeah, the most yeah. part. But how do you feel? Um, I mean, did yeah. did they earn their redemption? And well, was it was it cheap they, for her to give it to them? They, um, I think they did a great job of uh, of their character building of Moses, mm-hmm. I think, and I think they, uh, I think they knew what they were doing with that character and they reinforced, uh, that what they, where they wanted to go with that character very well. There's mm-hmm. no, you can't, de- you can't debate Moses' character because they tried to answer all of, all of your questions yeah, basically yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so he becomes, it's by the end, they, they hammer at home the fact that he is someone who, 
can listen to reason and mm-hmm. uh, will listen to reason. Will think about things. Will reflect on it. Will think about how he he's affecting others. But he's still going to, at the end of the day, himself, only himself, consider all of his options mm-hmm. and decides what's best for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that's, and I think that's something that does deserve respect. Quite yeah, frankly, yeah, yeah. no Absolutely. matter what, yeah. if if you, even if you decide to, you know, do something that, quite frankly, is is horrible, if you have your reason for it, and if you are, <laughs> it, this sounds shitty, but if you're confident in it, and uh, and you can and you can look someone in the face and say, this is why I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, then basically it's like, all right, well, you know, I I, I respect that. You know what I mean? Oh, I can it's, respect it, yeah. conviction even if right. I disagree with it. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's, so they spend a lot of time on that. I don't think they, I don't think they spend much time on the other characters, no. those other kids for the most part. And mm-hmm. that's fine because quite frankly, they're probably pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what I like too is that those characters want to do what Moses says is right. right. And right. I think by the end, at least I got the sense that yeah. Moses is going to think think more towards mm-hmm. being right. He's also going to think a right. little more... I, so, you know, they say think locally. I think globally, act locally. Yes. I think, you know, he's going to think locally, but in a global sense. He's yeah, going to think yeah, bigger yeah. about about mm-hmm. his neighborhood and yeah. how his actions affect yeah. those around him. And I... And, the idealist in me wants to believe that after this movie ends, yeah. those kids catch that magic. They do follow it, and perhaps mm-hmm. he might not make the best decisions, but he's going to make better decisions. And now yeah, this yeah. cycle of just repeated damaged human beings is definitely going to be elevated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, this is the catalyst for a change. I think. I think that character Moses. I think if 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 something were to exactly change, if something were to if someone were to step in. Um, and um and be and and be a helping figure basically in 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 his life getting on track you know what i mean which is where which is where a lot of social work comes in things like that mm-hmm. you know like hey you can get a job mm-hmm. um and you can put in the work and work mm-hmm. it up you know yeah i think he's the one that would listen to that and the one that would become quite frankly uh they they show you that he has all the tools mm-hmm. all the parts of his personality um, to become an older man who basically helps kids, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. who are in bad conditions, which is great. Uh, the other characters, it, it, it seems like maybe, maybe not. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like they might just well, they would burn probably they, they would probably just... work at the YMCA that mm-hmm. uh, that Moses runs, something like that, right? Probably yeah. still oh, doing yeah. drugs, but they're they're there to help Could Moses, be. and, and then they'd have kids. a dance contest to yeah. save the rec center, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is usually yeah. a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, well, but yeah, you've seen too... Step Up, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Which which one? One, two, or three? Yeah, Step Up 3D, and which one's your favorite? Take it to the streets. Step Up the 9/11 Memorial. Yeah, Stomp the Yard. Yards of Christmas Step Up. Yeah, Christmas Step Up. Airbud, <laughs> yeah. Airbud steps up. Uh, the, the, uh, um, but at the um, same time, you get the sense that when he's when they're doing the mm-hmm. mugging at the beginning, that may have been Moses' idea as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So they oh yeah, him into they it, do you know? follow him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he and and Moses was making no a mistake. He was the one who wanted the cell phone. He was the oh, one yeah. who wanted the money. He was the he, one that really yeah. he contacted uh-huh. her. Yeah, right. he mm-hmm. really like he yeah, got yeah, physical yeah. with right, her. right, right. Um and and, <laughs> and again that's just his the effort that he puts in. This mm-hmm. is going to sound really shitty because no, like it you is, know yeah. I mean? but it speaks to even that like somebody commits he's willing and to cares about something mm-hmm. even though it's so shitty yeah. that you you care yeah. about that you know what I mean. But he's the only one that cares enough. They would have been like oh we're gonna bail like yeah. as soon as it, yep. and, and he committed to it. Eh. And it, so it speaks to his character, and hopefully somebody can just take that, which are which are tools that exist, good qualities, not connected right. to anything good or bad, yep. and turn them to good. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I think to speak to your your point earlier, Dan. I hope uh, you know you hope that that everyone like sees him as a hero and comes back, and they're like, hey, we're with you, man. Whatever you want to do. Uh, but I also feel like it's very possible. 
um, from the way that they kind of paint the picture, that if he comes back and he's like, you know what, guys, I'm done. I, I'm going to get a job at the department store or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? And I just need to start making some money. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, I mean, I'm just going to try to get my grade point up or whatever. I feel like a lot of those kids would just be like, you're corny. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And maybe just go back to what they're doing. It's well, possible. It could Samantha go one way or another. Too, because mm-hmm. she represents Samantha, the yeah. other half of the block mm-hmm. that is going to be able to say, remember right. when you didn't have to be that way? Right. And we right. came together and had yeah. a common yeah. experience? Yeah. yeah. It's a matter it's interesting of to note in. that they yeah. chose to name him Moses. Yeah. Ah. I think that yeah. Leader know, of we the people. have Guy Fox Day where he's, you know, basically destroying mm-hmm. the system. Mm-hmm. And then we have Moses, who, what's his big quote? Let my people go. Right, you know? yeah. He's the leader of the people. He's the yeah. leader of the people. And right. so, you know, he's trying to bring them across, across yeah, yeah, the Red yeah, Sea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trying to do that. And I, and I think it's purposeful yeah. that they named him Moses oh, in, in some way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, if, if, if you give me a sec here, what I think is <laughs> so great about, uh, about the Moses character arc, and they do it in such a, an almost literal sense, is that... First off, he's covered in the alien pheromones. Okay, right. So these aliens are specifically, we find out, coming after him. Yes. Because mm-hmm. he's got the smell mm-hmm. on him. Yes. And so that runs as what could be a ham-handed parallel, but they play it effortlessly to the whole idea presented earlier of, you attract trouble. Yes. You're the person who's causing all these kids to mug people. You're the person that's yep. being... And so he sees in a intergalactic sense yeah. that he yeah. can have a huge effect and so right. then we find out at the end when he decides, I am going to do this. You know, we're going to lead him down to my apartment. We're going to mm-hmm. blow up. We find out not only is he 15, mm-hmm. yeah. but he lives with his uncle who's sometimes there, sometimes not. Mostly, Mostly not. not. Mostly not. Not there yeah. now. Right. Um, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. we have Moses literally doing the thing that needs to be done, sacrificing himself and blowing up his whole home that represents yeah. where he came from yeah. and what Ooh, he yeah, was. Yeah. Think about that and, it wow. very, and you know, he destroys everything. When yeah. she goes into the apartment and sees that he has Spider-Man blankets, yeah, which yeah. to oh, me, shit. I mean, I'd do that at 30. Yeah, so yeah, you know, yeah. even though it's supposed to speak to him at 15, right. yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's basically him saying goodbye to my past. Yeah. Mm. What does the future have to bring? And yeah. they literally destroy where he came from. Mm. And so it is what could be a very ham-handed, like, oh, look, it's a rebirth scene. Instead, it comes out very organically it's, and very it's kind natural. It's kind of badass because yeah. it blows up. <laughs> it's badass and it, it yeah. is a rebirth, but mm-hmm. it also fills every trope of the badass action hero, yeah. which is fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so McLean. it's very sleight of hand. Exactly. They sneak, <laughs> they throw some McLean at you. Yeah, yeah. And then under the rug, they toss in, like, you just became a little better. Well, to elevate your point a little bit, he, he is quite literally leaving everything behind. Mm-hmm. He's, he's blowing it all up, it, and he's doing so knowing. That the only possible outcomes are he dies, right? Right, it's and a he truly very definite leaves possible everything outcome. behind, mm-hmm. or he survives and goes to prison, right? Like, no question about it. Has to deal with the crimes that he committed because mm. whether he likes it or not, whether they can prove that mm-hmm. uh, there was an alien invasion and that's who did the, the, mm. the who murdered the cops, mm-hmm. they still got him for a mugging. For yeah. using a knife against a defenseless woman, right? For blowing they, up a, uh, a house for uh, <laughs> well, for, yeah. for, yeah. for probably in some ways. Oh, uh, and uh, destroying a police car, like like interfering well, with a police investigation. And, and think about what one of the main reasons, or well, not the main reason they arrested him in the beginning, but one of the what be, would become oh, one of the main charges him. was the Class A drugs they mm-hmm. said on yep. him. Which, yep. um, so. Uh, so like what he knows one way or the other, he has to leave all this behind, mm-hmm. liter- either completely literally, mm-hmm. and he's dead, or. 
in a figurative sense of he's got to pay the consequences for what he did. Because one way yeah. or another, he's still committed those crimes. Yeah. And the block is surrounded by police. Like, he's, mm. he's going to get pulled in for these crimes one way or the other. Mm, yeah. uh, and that's, that's really the whole lesson of the movie. I mean, so much so that it's the one thing they televise. At one point, somebody says out loud to Moses, you need to learn that your, uh, your actions have consequences. Mm. Uh, and that is the theme ooh, of the movie. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Mm, I and love he even it. says ooh, when he talks to Props and Mayhem and he yeah, sees a little bit of what he used to be. Yeah. And he sees that desire they have to yep. be him. And it's at that moment that he's realizing maybe being me isn't exactly what people should mm-hmm. want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's played a little bit for humor, but he's like, put, you know, put the guns away, go home, go to school, do your homework. Yeah. And he says mm-hmm. all these things that are, are definitely just prepackaged, bottled things you're supposed to say to kids. Right. But at right, this moment, right, right. they Eat feel earned. Yeah. You know, he probably heard that a million times. Yeah. Yep. But suddenly, like, I find so he many understands times now. that I'll have a thought or I'll say something that I'll go, I remember when my dad said that to me when ah, I was nine yep. and I thought he was psycho and it turns out he was just right. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, 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 as yeah. I have those moments now and as an, as an adult where I'll say something to someone younger and go, oh, they think I'm an idiot, but that's an informed opinion. Mm-hmm. We actually get to see him gaining that informed opinion. And so when he departs yeah. it with some honesty, uh, it's you hope it resonates. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and I think it does because they do hear that and they do idolize him. And like I said, I hope that they don't forsake him when he comes back yeah, from jail. Yeah. I hope that the Samanthas of the complex decide we are neighbors and right. we can work together. And these, this gang of kids that used to see her with disdain now see her as a friend. Yeah. And these other kids will also see them as friends and you hope. You hope. You, but, d- you hope. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. also there's hasn't, aliens. It hasn't happened yet, unfortunately. Though, dog. You know, that's, you only oh, dog. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Pogo. Dog. Yeah. Oh, um, but uh, all right. I, I think uh, we, we really uh, got a hold of that one. That was the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I, was, I, well, I was, to answer your question real quick, uh, do, I th- do I think that uh, they, they earned uh, Samantha's oh. I think I think Moses did. Uh, and I think, um, and I think that's an important question. I think that's an important um, lesson is that the others get her respect eventually because of the fact that she gets to know them better. Yes. And I think that's one thing I always have to remind myself: we're all humans. We're all slogging through the shit together. Mm-hmm. If you simply take the time to get to know somebody, um, it's going to be less. It's going to be harder to write them off because mm-hmm. of the fact that. It's not going to be impossible. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> Everybody's got some sort but, of yeah. struggle. But yeah, I think, yeah. but I think Moses um, puts in the, that character. They make put in the effort to mm-hmm. get the respect, and the other kids get the respect because of the fact that they're just humans. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. the rest of us, kind of thing. So, yep. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think one thing I would like to talk to before we uh, run yeah. out of time yeah. is um, the uh, the soundtrack. Oh yes. About all because it is a soundtrack. It's definitely a score. Yep. Um, and it's it's by Basement Jacks. Mm-hmm. And apparently oh, okay. they just kind of knew Joe Cornish and said, oh, yeah, we'll do this. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a very, very well done. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of cues that fit in with the action and yeah. the editing that you can tell weren't just weren't just uh, them editing the movie around the score or them building a score around a movie. It actually seems like there was some discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of scores, they just put the movie on a screen and the guy works on the score and ekes it out himself and figures it out. This seems as if it was an active process throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Mm. And um, I always complain, I use this term all the time, when a score is so busy that there's always, like a lot of movies have so much music going on in them that it becomes yeah. a distraction. Mm-hmm. I don't think the music stops for longer than 30 seconds no, in this movie yeah, but right. never once does it feel like Jesus Christ turn off the music right yeah. and they do that a couple ways one by tying it into some pretty hyperkinetic 
uh, editing that is very mm-hmm. yeah. Edgar Wright and, yes. and it's uh, but also they do fun things with the music where the someone's headphones will be the soundtrack right. and when they take off the headphones the soundtrack will fade down yeah. mm-hmm. and then they'll find another excuse to introduce it later in a mm-hmm. passing car in a background in yeah. uh, hi-hats doing his <laughs> yeah. thing oh yeah uh, I was gonna say that's another way they, they make it kind of light too is because uh, uh, um, you know ec- uh, certain pr- portion of the uh, soundtrack is just a, a fake song that they made up for, uh, for, <laughs> yeah. for a hi-hats character which is good and too. it's a good song <laughs> oh sure yeah it's uh can we do it do, do we remember it. it's uh um, get snitch. Oh, no. get, get snitch. the snitch <laughs> get the strap don't give a fuck <laughs> Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. There's just yeah. There's just there's there's four there's four lines of that. Uh, uh, get the snitch. Uh, get the strap. Don't give a fuck. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> just, I love the methodology. <laughs> methodology is uh, you know if you're a snitch, give me my gun. <laughs> right. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> right, right, I'm going right, to right, shoot right. you three and here, times. And here's yeah. And, and here's he here's the manual snitch. for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then later yeah. <laughs> later in the movie, he actually and uh, that's a very relies on a snitch turn that they do on the villain. Like he is uh, he is meant to be a little bit absurd and yeah. a little bit of an exaggeration mm-hmm. but the scene where hi-hats gets his there's a very palpable moment where moses sees him and goes this is a guy who's so deep in this system mm-hmm. of just destruction that he's oblivious to the fact and, and like he's seen these aliens yeah. mm-hmm. and he's oblivious to anything because the most important thing to him is this is my block yeah right and so moses sees that and goes this is where I'm headed. This is where my whole life has I've willingly wanted to head, and now I'm seeing that maybe it's not the we saw it as glamorous, but now that I've seen some shit, like yeah, you know, and he does get a global sense that's like, yeah, you might own this block, but you're also about to get your face literally chewed off Ooh, by aliens, mm-hmm. you know, and so he goes and does the big thing and tries to save not just the block, but we can presume that if they took over the block. It would just spread further and further, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. They um, did save the world in a local way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, that's another thing that's kind of interesting about the movie is we have no idea what's happening outside of the block. Oh yeah. There's Good no point. indication as to whether these things are attacking other portions of the world, other portions right. of the city. Right. If him blowing up his his kitchen uh, actually Even... stops anything at all, right. other mm. than save his block. Right, right, right. Because uh, they make the point to say that it, it it seems like it's it's a it's a conscious effort to seed our planet right. with yep. them. Well, yep. the thing is that they also do make a mention because one of the great, uh, you know, cheats around having tons of exposition is they have the one stoner guy who likes to yeah. humorously watch animal documentaries. <laughs> yeah. He happens to watch the one about moths, uh, moths and pheromones, and also spores. Mm-hmm. And so he says something about how. Um, you know, we can we can assume that this was localized because they were chasing after that one female. Right. Mm. And so we did get all the ones that came. And we can also assume a little bit that it's random because it suggests that perhaps they were just passing through. Yeah, he says something about like just, a solar uh, wind. Oh, just, you know, okay. His theory is this is like a solar wind that a few hmm. spores just sort of yeah. fell Whoa. off. It's essentially oh. a pollination yeah. process oh. that we were caught wow. up in. Wow. But that also answers cool. the question of, well, if this can happen... It can happen again. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, you know, mm-hmm. I always get bugged by that when they're like, "We beat the zombies." I'm always like, I would still not be at peace because I'd be like, right. "Well, we beat the zombies, but yeah. from here on out, zombies can happen. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't happen before, and now they're happening." <laughs> Fucking Lara Croft did it all wrong. The second a rock monster protected the treasure, I'd be like, "Well, fuck the treasure. I gotta <laughs> let the world know about rock monsters. Yeah. <laughs> that is global concern. That is huge." Yeah, and so it's uh. I like how you had to. You stopped itching to lean yeah. in and give us a good in the mic laugh for that. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. 
But um, I didn't want it to be lost or anything. I, I submit that this is definitely a movie movie. Oh, for sure. Um, it's it a, really fits all of the keys. And... It focuses on character, mm. which is a, one of the key things we yeah. talk about with movie movies. It yeah. really focuses on character. Uh, it's very economical storytelling in mm-hmm. that it uses a lot of show, don't tell. It gets mm-hmm. across a lot of the information uh, without having to do expository dialogue. It's mm-hmm. mostly in the action. It's mostly in some of those like workarounds that we talked about. The one kid watches nature documentaries, so that's mm-hmm. how he has this information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got um, the the uh, practical effects. Uh, it actually takes its money, puts it mm-hmm. on the screen, mm-hmm. uses practical effects to make things feel visceral and actually real, uh, right. so you can connect with it more on like an emotional level as an audience member. Yeah. Uh, the the music is built right into one of the other things I want to say about the music. By the way, is it is essentially a hip hop soundtrack uh-huh. with a sci fi soundtrack twist. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of your classic sci fi sounds though. Oh, but yeah. it's like in like a more like hip hop kind of backseat. Actually, there's yeah. a point where I mean, it, there it definitely, of course, this movie doesn't exist without previous movie movie, The Thing. Yeah, and The mm. Thing has a very digitized and alien mm. score, but it's it's dated. Yeah, and this has that same feeling, but it's modern because mm-hmm. it has a club sensibility, it yep. has a hip hop sensibility, so it does fit with our yeah. characters, but it also doesn't feel hokey because mm-hmm. it it's just natural in it. Yeah, but um. Yeah, literally every every factor of it is done with 100% commitment. Mm-hmm. It's the it's a strong script. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's great casting, great acting, mm-hmm. great incredible yeah. soundtrack, very exciting filmmaking mm-hmm. visually. Yeah. You get the sense that this is someone, you know, it is a passion project. This is someone who hasn't directed a movie before, but has probably directed a million in his head yeah. and was suddenly given the opportunity to really let loose on a playground with mm-hmm. a, you know, a a budget that I would certainly love to work with yeah. and mm. You know, you see a lot of budgets where it's like, oh, this movie cost two hundred million to make. Hundred and fifty million went into the pockets of uh, Brad Pitt in order mm. to get him on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so we did the. But this is a movie that like didn't cost much to assemble the pieces. Huh. It just cost, you know. So yeah. they they were able to sink it into the right pieces, and yeah. and it works. And so now we have uh, Joe Cornish is potentially. I know he was on the short list for Star Trek Three, uh, and so he, and for J.J. Abrams to pick him for that is, is such a testament incredible. to the Spielberg references yeah. that you were saying yep. exist. You know, this this movie was not only a good movie in itself, but this was a great audition platform mm. for Joe Cornish, for Josh Boyega, that's Moses, for yeah. Basement mm-hmm. Tracks, for. Mm-hmm. If everybody involved, there really is, you know, everybody's going to get jobs out of it because you saw what they could do with nothing. Yeah. When Joe Cornish gets a budget, it's going to be great. By the way, do you guys remember yeah. who Basement Jacks are? I, uh, yeah, well, they I did um, that song do, back in the day. There's your, your head, head at. Head okay, head I knew that. Yes, yes. Where's your head, head, head at? at. Ha ha. Does anybody remember the music video? Because it's actually uh-huh. funny. This movie is about uh, what do they keep calling them? Gorilla wolves. Uh, yeah. Because the music yeah. video of that was a bunch of monkeys with the Basement Jacks faces. Oh yeah, you're right. That's wild. Well, what's his name? Joe Cornish was uh, basically, he did what we do. He was a radio host guy. He did short films for the internet. Um, I was reading, apparently, they did this one thing. It's uh, I have right here. I'll get the official name of it. Put your face in that microphone while you say it. I will get the official name (laughs) of it. Joe Cornish used to do a show called The Adam and Joe Show. Where they would uh, they would do segments from hit movies with stuffed toys, so there's practical <laughs> yeah. effects work right there. Yeah, um, he did a discussion show with Nick Frost called This Week Only, and um, you know he's he's basically a presenter and all that. But um, he they also did this is what's very interesting to me Vinyl Justice, where they would go into rock stars' homes and search their record collection for shit. <laughs> Which is so funny. And so yeah. all of this sensibility is just a general of like playground, you know, creation. Mm-hmm. And 
this is a movie that that if anybody commit with less than a hundred percent imagination and dedication, it would seem hokey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it has every right to seem hokey. Yeah, mm-hmm. and instead it's just a blast. You know, and yeah, it's, and, yeah. and it's a substantial movie. It, it has yeah. something to say outside I, of just a slasher movie, which it also is. You know, mm-hmm. it's, to it's be honest great. with you, uh, watching it this time with this keen eye that we try to give things when uh, when we do movie movie, I that was when I really connected with a lot of the actual message of this movie. Mm. First couple times I saw it, I mm. just really did treat it as mostly just like a fun, mm. light comedy, mm. which is something for which as, it works. As, as we're wrapping yeah. up, like I do want to point out that for all the serious discussion we've had about yeah. it, it's a really fun, funny movie. Yeah, yeah. we very barely talked about like just the alien plot. It was yeah. more about yeah. the character work yeah. and the yeah. social yeah. commentary. Yeah, and um, that's something that is so you know, like I said before, they sneak that in. You could just mm-hmm. watch this empty-minded and love it. Yeah, and then you go back later and but, you find out and there's it, more. In sneaking it yeah. in, they handle it in a fairly nuanced way, which yeah. is the thing I was mostly impressed about watching it this time and yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. that is mm-hmm. they, they actually do make a pretty nuanced um, depiction of uh, yeah. uh, of this type of slum. Uh, and, and yet the fact that it, it even evoked it in us uh, speaks volumes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I totally recommend this movie. I, I think it's definitely one to watch and Joe Cornish is somebody to watch out for. He actually is writing Ant-Man with uh, Edgar Wright. Oh, that's perfect. Um, wow, yeah. cool. So uh, that, that'll cool. be really fun to see. Um, so uh, I don't know. Let's all let's let's plug some stuff as we go around. Or you got one last piece there, Dan? Um. Well, I was gonna try and find a negative. Oh, review. do it. Yeah, that's right. Um. But we can do that. But I mean, do some plugs. Yeah. Uh, you can find me here. on Twitter at Philadelphia. That's with an F. I've been tweeting about a lot more lately about my pizza world problems. Pizza world. Uh, <laughs> let's kick that off. I. Uh, you could check out. Uh, check me out on. Uh, uh, check out some of the stuff I do on Facebook. Uh, Facebook slash We Do Comedy. That's the weekly open mic I run at Medusa Lounge in Philadelphia on Tuesdays. Uh, uh, Facebook.com slash All Bets Philly. That is the showcase I do at World Cafe Live in Philadelphia. Um, and, uh, oh, come see. Uh, we just, last night, we had a great uh, hang on with Aaron Nevins. Uh, it's a really fun monthly show at the Adrian Theater in Philly uh, that you should definitely check out. Yeah. That's 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 great. That's great. Uh, definitely, I would also recommend going to Hang On. Uh, I would recommend uh, bringing chocolate to the man who uh, runs the sound and light. Um <laughs> I would uh, I would recommend that you also come to uh, we do every Tuesday night. That's right. Pete helps me run yep. that room mm-hmm. actually yeah. uh, at the Medusa Lounge, um, uh, just uh, just south of Market there, twenty yeah. first uh, Market. It's a great um, open mic. Great. Uh, well, it's it is an open mic. Not for us to say it's great, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Goose, how about you? I'd say it's great. Thanks, Goose. You can catch me. You can catch me at Goose Robinson's house uh, whenever he throws a, a rager. Uh, G Robs on Twitter. <laughs> two Z's. Two Z's. G Robs and. Uh, uh, yeah, and also, uh, I if you want to check out uh, some videos that I've made, uh, I have a website, uh, which is www.twoadultconsentingmen.com. It's not <laughs> gay porn, huh? I swear <laughs> to God. Uh, it's all spelled it's out. It's the gayest Two porn. adult consenting men. Uh, uh, hopefully, we'll be getting some new stuff up there soon. So yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, you can. I, I recommend all of those things previously <laughs> mentioned. They're all fantastic <laughs> things. Um, you can check me out on Twitter, at Dan Scully. Um, you can uh, check out my blog at thedanscully.tumblr.com. Uh, check out my other show super crappy fun time if you want a nice window into our comedy scene Ooh. and um definitely uh if if you're headed uh twisted world festival next friday uh the 28th um i'm on the midnight uh freak show so come check that out mm-hmm. with necrosexual and short stack Ooh. it's gonna be a weird weird time it's gonna be fantastic Ooh. and i'm also 11th and 12th at the crazy cow comedy ca- uh, cafe in uh Maniunk. If you can get out there, I'll be featuring. So uh, come check that out. Yeah. Hey. And, uh, so yeah, right here, yeah, we, we uh, like to do a, a negative review okay, of the yeah, movie yeah. from someone who didn't like it. 
And uh, so this is currently at Rotten Tomatoes at 90%, which nice. says a lot. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a pretty respectable Well, the, I, I noticed that the DVD cover actually even, <laughs> they have a sticker that it says certified uh, fresh from Rotten oh, Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> they put a lot of stock into <laughs> it, which, which is, which you know, again, it's just um, somebody being like, I care about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. yeah. Even though some would just say it's corny. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is this one right here. This is uh, they they talk about a uh, here's a quote from from that point on. There's a lot to like about this film by first time ger- director Joe Cornish. The aliens themselves are captivating and innovative creation with their rotoscoped frames and fluorescent teeth, providing an excellent example of what can be achieved when imagination trumps budget. So this is someone who actually did enjoy this movie, but yeah. right here is with the caveat. Uh, the problem, though, is that one never really feels any affection or sympathy toward the hoodlum-come-defender protagonists. Hmm. While their performances are strong and their banter consistently amusing, they never once apologize to Sam after their paths recross, and it's that absence of remorse that robs the character of any meaningful development. They end the Ooh. film as they began, cynical, disenfranchised rebels for whom physical strength is everything and whose criminality is justified because society has seemingly abandoned the working class. Uh, so, can you hmm. who who wrote that review? This is by Tom Glasson. Uh huh. Um, can you can you just Google image him real quick? <laughs> yeah, I will do that. And uh, before you do that, I'd just like to make a prediction that this is a mid forties white male uh, who's probably <laughs> wearing a collared shirt of some kind <laughs> and probably lives in America. <laughs> um, what's well, his name again? His name is Tom Glasson. Tom. Glasson. Now, I don't know if this is him, but because uh, I mean, you know, it's. It's Tom Glasson, so it's like that that could be anybody. I've yeah. never heard of him. But you might be wrong. <laughs> that's him wearing literally clouds in blue. Um, He's got well yeah, but for the for the uh, listeners at home, he does in fact have a suit made entirely out of a fabric that uh consists of clouds upon a powder blue background. <laughs> he was a uh, He kind of looks like a pretty young hip guy. That's probably him. Yeah, but he's definitely mm. a uh, a white dude with a crew cut uh, yeah, and he is wearing a tie and collar. Uh Let's put it this way, it's all pictures of him and the first picture that's not him is this photo of Tom Cruise. So <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I think you're right. But it's clear that he does respect a lot of the technicality yes, of the movie. Right, right, right. But um, yeah, it's know, hard to argue with that. It's just it. a well put together movie. Oh yeah, I just think he really missed the ball because yeah. Yeah. whereas this was a tough hurdle to overcome yeah. and make these characters likable. I think they succeeded. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, all the yeah. things he said are true as well, by the way. I don't think there is ever right. an apology. Um, right, right, But right, there's right. no apology because there's an earned respect that ends up happening mm-hmm. between the two mm-hmm. of them. Uh, and the apology, I think, just becomes unnecessary. They sort of recognize they've both been through a pretty mm-hmm. traumatic thing and learned a lot about each other's uh, um, I think there is an apology. Uh, opinion. I actually think there is because I think there's the one part where uh, the kid with the, uh, the, the messed up leg... Mm-hmm. Says we're sorry. Uh, well, actually, but I or, no. He, does she he, say we're? Someone says I'm sorry. He, I know uh, that. No, the the uh, the the one. Uh, shit. What is the one? The one guy the says something. Uh, well, and then the pest says, and then the pest says, "Hey, listen. He's trying to apologize to you. Don't make him say it." Or something yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I think that's kind of a somewhat comedic moment because what the guy said wasn't really that. Really, apology, I, yeah. I legitimately remember someone mm. saying I'm sorry at ah, one point because okay. I remember taking note and being like, "Ooh," but I forget whether it was her. It's probably or me. I was probably just saying it, like, <laughs> on their behalf because I because I wasn't seeing it. <laughs> I just felt so embarrassed yeah. by them. You're like, yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's the thing though. His comments are all true. Uh, I just think he's sort of missing the point that's being made uh, by by 
by interpreting it that way. And he's just writing it off too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Not putting enough thought into it. Tom. Not, Tom. You know, didn't learn anything from Moses, did you, Tom? Got to put some thought yeah. into things. Okay. You can't just fly off the handle. We don't all have cloud suits, Tom. Yeah. I feel like he's putting We're... the ass into glassing, right? Right? <laughs> right? You guys, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza World. Uh, yes. Uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at I like two, the number two movie. I like two movie. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash I like two movie. I believe oh, you know, we should probably plug Nicole Yates has a podcast called yes. Did You Eat? And we have a segment upcoming on that about yeah. food in movies. So Yay. if you like food and you like us, you'll enjoy her. Yeah. And there's a woman who knows her food mm-hmm. and has made about 150 recommendations to me food-wise mm-hmm. that have all been solid and delicious. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely check that out. We're going to yeah. be working on that shortly, actually. Well, and uh, we like to end the show the same way every time. Uh, Pete, if you pick this up, go ahead and join in. Okay. Uh, Are you going to do any recommendations? Oh, or? recommendations. Yeah. Uh, uh, I saw Grand Puda Best Hotel, uh, oh, and I, I quite liked it. Um, yeah. It, uh, I will say this: I went into it expecting something like truly outstanding, because uh, the the sort of commentary about it has been that it's Anderson's best, mm-hmm. that he really mm-hmm. elevates himself uh, above and outside of what he's done before. And the answer is no, he does not. Uh, ah, he I simply see. has made another West Anderson. I think on a, ah, okay. I think on a technical level he did. Yes, I think in terms of like. Uh, and and in terms of like a relationship on screen, zero and um, yes, Ray yes. finds that's really interesting and nuanced. Absolutely, but I think as a cohesive whole, I still don't think he's topped Rushmore. Uh, I, well, <laughs> I, love I Rushmore. think the big problem at the end of the day is it is just another Wes Anderson movie. There are certainly mm-hmm. things that he accomplished that maybe he didn't before, like or, or are at least better than he did them before. But it's mm-hmm. like we've seen him do them so many times before. I don't know that it matters. I think that the he's efforts that on good screen, at it. though. I, I feel um, like Moonrise Kingdom with like he kind of like see. Like, I liked that one a lot actually. I did too. And that's the thing. The worst Wes Anderson to me is still better than most things. Yeah, that's it just what I was seemed to say. me like he was coasting on image. Yeah. Whereas Grand Budapest Hotel, he continues coasting but puts a fire back in it. But yeah. That's just. Mm-hmm. That's I, just I me. would. I would actually agree with that. I just still think, in the end of the day, it's like he didn't break out of anything. He just made another Wes Anderson oh, yeah. movie that is, I guess, in some ways, an improvement on other Wes Anderson movies, but only in like slight tweaks. Oh yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'm starting to feel like him that I do about Tim Burton, which is terrible. Which is just like he just makes the same movie every time he makes a movie because he's got some weird ideal in his head that there's oh, like yeah. a perfect version of what he does and he just hasn't hit it yet. I so think Wes just... Anderson's effectively branded himself without yeah, a yeah. doubt. He yeah. is a brand. Yeah. Um, a, albeit a much more, oh, a much better brand thing. than Tim Burton has become. That's the thing. At the end of the day, uh, even uh, just another Wes Anderson movie is a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I did really enjoy it. Uh, I, I thought it was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, overall. Um Based on a, a taxi driver having seen that as yep. a homework movie and it becoming you know one of my top movies of all time, mm. I decided to go and watch some older stuff. And uh, if you haven't seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance uh, Kid, I lived 29 years without film. an ounce of that film going through my eyeballs. Yeah, it's great. And I, I watched it, finished it, and it was time to go to bed, so I just put it on again to fall asleep, oh. too. <laughs> it was so enjoyable. Yep. And um, The scene it, where they're jumping those, into the, the ravine, into oh, the river, great. is like one of my favorite yeah. things. It's mm-hmm. classic. Yeah. And, and the fact that, that much of the movie is told in... A teary-eyed montage, uh-huh. raindrops <laughs> are falling on me, and it, but it's done in a way like, and I don't mean the phrase they don't they don't make them like they used to in mm-hmm. terms of things were better, mm-hmm. but I mean like they don't make them like they used to in that that movie was formulated different than many movies yes. I've seen, uh. and whereas I see its influence, it's uh it was very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's it sort is of the a origi- western. It is a buddy cop. Comedy. It's one of the originations of buddy cop. I think. Oh yeah, cool. I, and I think actually yeah. the, the area where I've seen it the most is uh, like homage the most was in the Coen Brothers version of True Grit. Yes, because that had a little bit of that cartoony uh, Back to the Future Three, like yeah, it's the old west mm-hmm. that this had. <laughs> But it also had the grit of a western. Yeah. Whereas Butch Cassidy, you just watch, you just watch Paul Newman being cooler than everybody, mm-hmm. which he was the best at because he's cooler than everybody. But I, I highly recommend. Do you have anything you've seen recently uh, you'd like to tell I, everyone to? Uh... I I uh, recently uh, watched uh, Place Beyond the Pines, Ooh, um, which that? I loved. Okay. Uh, but I also loved Blue Valentine, so I would assume I loved Blue Valentine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then you're gonna then you're gonna enjoy Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, a guy who really knows how to write uh, fucked up relationships and <laughs> and and just gritty, sometimes depressing material for the most part. Uh, That's but, a big but, movie, but though, does right? A great, uh, which one? Place I, Beyond the Pines I heard it or spans Blue? Spans a long. Oh yes, period yeah, of time. yeah. Covers yeah. yes, it covers three different generations. Oh, I guess so basically. Um, yeah, and um, and man, Gosling just makes the right fucking choices right now. I mean, talk <laughs> talk about you know one of the most charming and handsome men in the industry, and he does. At least two movies with the same director, where he's just a shitty fuck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For the most part, like he's just a piece of trash, kind of. And that's great. I love. <laughs> I, I love that he doesn't just do movies where he's oh, like he a, could pretty boy. Be a pretty boy. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. He's um, Goo Goo Gosling. But yeah. Now he's a little. Uh, but yeah, badass. but he is. Yeah, it doesn't move where he's covered in tattoos and shit. You know what I mean? Like it's just. It's great. It's a great. It's a and 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 it's for a reason. It's because it's good material. And mm. so like that's just great. A great move on his part, I think. That's been on my to see list mm-hmm. forever. I yeah. I missed it when it was in the theaters. Yeah. Just because it's so long, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm, been dissuading mm-hmm. me from it. Mm-hmm. But lately, as I've been watching all these old giant movies, I'm like, I yeah. could really sit in and drink in a nice, a yeah, nice. Uh, I would recommend it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, All we right. do like to end every episode the same way. I'm not. Even we don't always nail, yeah, nail we this. Okay, you can jump in as you time. will. All right. Uh, we didn't like, get the last couple times. Yeah. So we're getting there. I feel like you'll pick up on it as we go. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So here we go. So uh, all right. Uh, so my name's Garrett Smith. Oh wait, no, we do. Yeah, okay, yeah. See, I'm fucking it up. Okay, here we go. Right. My name's Garrett Smith, and I like to movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie. And we. Uh, oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> my name is Pete Steele. I like to movie. And we. No, oh, we oh. all know you like to movie. So we like to, to movie, movie. movie. <laughs> oh, Close boy. enough.